Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Since 1984, Max's Garage, located at 1010 South Rock Street in Sheridan, Arkansas, has been your one-stop shop for all of your auto repair needs, including tune-ups, oil changes, transmission repairs, and even body work. Stop by or give them a call today at 870-942-4612. Again, that's 870-942-4612. The Hog Talk Podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family-owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handyman. They offer interior and exterior projects for your home or business, including repairs, installations, small remodels, landscaping, decks, fencing, and much more. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Welcome to the Hog Talk Podcast, the Friday episode. I'm Ty Hudson, the Friday host. I'm going solo. As far as, as, far as I know, I'm going solo. Uh, the other guys just uh, are swamped. They're busy. That's, that's all right. We can, we can knock this thing out together, and it's probably going to be a pretty short, pretty short episode. Although, just to answer a question that I had in my Facebook DMs a little while back, uh, no, we have no idea how long they're going to go once we start recording. We, we used to say the Monday show would be the hour, and then Friday show would be like 30 minutes. And some some episodes are 45, some go over an hour, some are 20. I think we've even had a 25-minute episode. This one might be shorter than that, actually. Uh, there's not Again, there's not a ton of news out there, but we'll try and cover what we can. Everything that's happened this week, and, and again, you, you probably will hear me repeat some stuff from the Monday show, but that's okay. It's all right. I'll give you kind of my take on some of this stuff. Um, so, yeah, if you guys would, if, if for those of you listening to us on iTunes, if you haven't already, please uh, rate and review the show. Give us some star power on iTunes or wherever, however you can. If, if you're able to, that'd be great. I'd appreciate it. We would all appreciate it. Uh, Porter Hayes, Kyle Sutherland, and, of course, Jacob Scott Davis. We would all really appreciate it. All right, let's uh, let's knock out the the first thing, and that's I kind of not shocked, but it's I, well, it's a good thing. It's a good thing for Arkansas basketball. How about this? The Razorbacks have scheduled non, a non conference series. As far as I know, it's a two game series with two other games being optional with the Oklahoma Sooners starting uh, this upcoming season. The first meeting will be on December twelfth of twenty twenty. And it's going to be played. This is what I don't understand. Why is this being played at a, at a neutral site? It's going to be played at the at the box center, the BOK center in Tulsa. Why? Why is it being played there? Are they are they afraid to play us in in Fayetteville, Bud Walton? They don't want a piece. They've been there before. They know what's going to happen. And then they'll play again December eleventh, twenty twenty one. I'm assuming it's going to be at the neutral site again, and they're going to have. I guess it's optional to play 2022 and 2023 against one another. That better be a home-at-home. Home. That's all I'll say. 
Uh, obviously, this is. Uh, I mean, it's 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 good. It's good publicity when you when, when you play uh, anybody out of the Big Twelve, but especially someone like a, like Oklahoma. That'll be an interesting matchup. I know uh, Eric Musselman's excited for it, and anyone who pays attention to Arkansas basketball is excited for it. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. So that's what we're we're starting off with is that. So uh, and and with these with these incoming, I'm telling you, this recruiting class, KK Robinson. It, now Arkansas has two top fifty players on twenty four seven sports, both KK and Moses Moody. That's huge. That was that happened this week. Really excited about Arkansas basketball this year. I'm really excited for it. And that's even without Isaiah Joe. And I know there's still this conversation about Isaiah Joe, uh, you know, the possibilities of him coming back. Mason Jones signs with an agency. He gone. He gone. Now you got Isaiah Joe up up uh, at the plate. What's he going to do? So far, no one has this guy in the, in the top 60 that I've seen. Nobody. He went from NBC Sports, Isaiah Joe, went from NBC Sports as a possible lottery pick to not even being taken. That just shows how much he dropped this year, this last season, and how much he needs to come back. I get testing the waters, but I, I'm I'm telling you guys, he's if he if he leaves, I'm gonna be shocked. I will, I'll be shocked. You get you kind of understand Mason Jones and the overall reaction from Arkansas fans that I've seen on our social media and across social media in general, Twitter and Facebook, is that fans accepted it and they're like, "Yeah, you were great. Thank you so much for the years you put in here. This last season was phenomenal. It was so good. It was so good, Mason Jones. You go on and do your thing with your bad self. That's exactly what he's going to do, and I wish him the best. And there are people out there who think he might make a splash in the NBA." It would not surprise me whatever happens with him at the next level. Of course, we wish him the best. It's so fun talking about him this last year. Jacob has been behind that guy and talking about that guy uh, since before the season started, and he was absolutely right. His development in the offseason under Musselman was incredible. Wish him the best. But Isaiah Joe, in my opinion, I think a lot of fans feel like you got to come back. It would be a mistake to leave. And I do believe now that you're going to have size underneath you're going to have some size. You're going to have guys that are going to go, go that will attack the boards. And they did this last year. When rebounding got really bad, you saw them, especially with Ethan Henderson uh, getting more minutes, you saw them getting more second-chance shots and getting more uh, defensive rebounds. It happened. And so I think, and, and then Isaiah Joe, of course, the real reason why he, he, he dropped is obviously because of the injury. And those games leading up to the injury, we knew something was wrong and his game had just completely gone away. Like he just, it, he just wasn't the same. Something was going on. And that's what, you know, he had to have surgery. He had to have something, he had something medically going on. And that's exactly what it was. He needs to come back and prove that, hey, that was an injury. I'm, at a hundred percent, watch what I can do. He's got to come back. That's just my opinion. But anyways, okay, that was, I, I, you know, talking about the scheduling and and the possibilities of what next year could look like with Isaiah Joe. Oh my goodness. So, um, good good for Arkansas and, and Oklahoma basketball. So on to what Hunter Yurichek. He had a board of trustees meeting. When was that? Sunday or Monday? He had a board of trustees meeting. And someone made well had gone to Twitter and and 
posted that conversation, which was he, he told the board of trustees at the University of Arkansas that he felt like they had a they could they could put a plan in place to get going uh, for, to, for to have team activities for football in mid July or July fifteenth. Now that he didn't tweet that 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 was a reporter. I I had her name up. I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me, but she broke that news first. And then Hunter Yurchek took to Twitter later on to clarify, and this is what he said in, in a uh, in a statement here. Earlier today, I answered a question during our Board of Trustees meeting related to my thoughts on the start of the 2020 football season. To clarify my comments, there is one plan that would have our student-athletes return to campus for official team activities around July 15th to hit the target of an on-time September 5th start to the football season. As I outlined in my original comments, this is just a plan, not an official decision. Decisions will be based or made based on the continued health and safety of our student athletes. I I would love to have Jacob, Porter, Kyle. I'd love to get their opinions on this. Uh, I look. I could go on a fifteen minute, and I'm not going to lie to you. This is like my third take of recording this because. I go on this like 15 minute rant about what has to happen, what needs to happen, what I think happens. And I'm not going to do that on this take. I'm just going to say, first off, things have to stay or have to continue the route that they're going as far as the actual numbers of deaths and and, 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 and the cases of, of people catching this, of catching COVID. They have to continue to go down for that to happen. I think it is absolutely possible that that could happen. We could get a mid-July start to football acti- or team activities. Now, there's a whole other side of this. Like what? So you missed out on spring practice. You got to have makeup time. Are they going to give them the full amount of time that you would get during spring if you start in in July and mid-July? And then also, what does the SEC and the NCAA have to say about this? You know, if he's making that broad of, an, of a statement to the board of trustees, knowing that the media could catch wind of this, to come out and say, "Yeah, no, we we have a there's a possibility of getting things started around mid July." Is that something he's hearing from the NCAA, from Greg Sankey and the SEC? And by the way, Greg Sankey last week, I think even over the weekend, was on local radio stations or or, or you know. Uh, Stations down that part of the country talking about the possibilities of the next season. They seem to be overwhelmingly positive and that, yeah, there's absolutely a possibility that this thing happens. It makes me wonder if Hunter Yurchek and Sankey and other 80s around the country, or at least in the SEC, are all on the same page. I don't know. I didn't do a ton of homework on this. I didn't go around searching all the ADs and what they had to say, but a lot of them do feel pretty confident. And Hunter Yurchek. You know, when this was posted, we posted on on our social media page on Facebook, and it exploded. Uh, I think, I mean, it was a it was a pretty big post, uh, you know, and and so obviously there's a, a massive fan reaction to this for us. I don't know how it went for each and every university or, or anyone who's made a public statement, but it's uh, it's obvious that these guys know fans want this thing back, and we have every incentive in the world to make it happen. Fans want sports. You missed out on March Madness. So much money down the toilet. It adds that much more pressure of opening up and getting things started. 
But Mike, I've, I've, I've got questions from this. What Are you going to give them the same amount of time? Look at the teams with new head coaches that are implementing new plans. How much does this affect those teams? Missouri, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas. Or even for that matter, teams are swapping out styles of play on offense or defense. Get new coordinators. Look at the change that LSU is going through. How much of a disadvantage do you get if you don't if you don't give them the allotted time that you would get there in spring camp? You got to give them the whole thing, or you know, I don't know. This has been such an unorthodox off season. I don't know what they're going to do, and it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. I also say, and I'm going to say this: um, I do think that this, and I and I and, and I stated this on Monday's live PTN show that this will absolutely provide an incentive to put everyone under the umbrella of a super conference. Now, we already knew that this was going to happen eventually. And by the way, from what I understand, conferences hold the power over the NCAA. The NCAA can't stop it. If teams want to go to a, to a super conference, if they all want to join the SEC, let's look at Florida State, Miami. If they want to join the conference, if you look at Oklahoma, you look at Texas, if they want to join the conference – uh, yeah, the SEC would probably, as far as I know, would absolutely love to have them. And if the rest of their conference, if not everybody's on the same page in the Big 12 or in the ACC, they're going to want to look around. They're going to look and say, hey, we, we're losing so much money. I feel like if the SEC is stating this, if Hunter Juracek is at this level of saying what he's saying to the board, knowing that it's going to be public one way or another, then I'm sure all conferences are going to be on the same page. Greg Sankey was asked about that when speaking to those various radio stations across the uh, across the country the last several well I say last several days uh, over last weekend and last week uh, he was asked about you know how troubling that'll be if there's some schools on your on your schedule on the SEC team like Arkansas Notre Dame now this wasn't asked of him but my example would be Arkansas Notre Dame what do you do if Notre Dame can't play or or they decide to back out and you know, maybe they miss the entire 2020 season, or or that week, anyways. And there, it's out of your power. So that's where I think you could provide. That's going to provide incentive for these other conferences. Teams are actually in conferences. I guess Notre Dame's actually a bad example, but they want to play. But their conferences say no. Well, to hell with you. The SEC's playing. We want money. We want that check, anyways, that they get from the TV network, from the network deals. So forget this. So I do believe that it's going to provide some incentive there, and. It's going to happen. The Super Conference is going to happen regardless of this thing, but I wonder if it just didn't push it forward. Uh, maybe we get it a little sooner. But then you have these Super Conferences, and, and slowly but surely the NCAA continues to lose more and more power over the future as well. Um, yeah. To move on to some recruiting news. Uh, and, and again, we've covered some of this already, but we're going to go over it really quick, get everybody on the same page. And again, I'll give you kind of my thoughts and opinions on this. Uh, Razorback recruiting. Uh, Arkansas has five five commitments. Three-star outside linebacker Jermaine Hamilton-Jordan out of Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, six one and a half, six two, two hundred 200-pound. He's more or less an athlete. He could play outside linebacker. He apparently has the frame that he could line up just about anywhere, actually, on defense. And, and has the athleticism to play safety. I have heard some local media sources believe that he could come in and have an impact year one. Uh, 
But again, he it sounds like he's going to wind up playing either outside linebacker or safety. I, I'm going to say this. Safety, I feel pretty confident that they've stacked up the talent there. I'm still questioning the linebacker position, but at that point, who knows where you stand. Uh, but his offers so far, and this was as of Monday, included uh, Iowa State, Kansas State, Kentucky, and Kansas. Uh, does have interest from Mizzou and Nebraska, I was told. But again, that puts you at five commitments for Arkansas, In this 2021 class, uh, right now, I think Arkansas is around 53rd in the country. I think 10th or 11th in the SEC. Uh, There's news on uh, Caden Salter, four-star dual-threat prospect out of Texas. Uh, Arkansas, I I don't see it happening. Anything could happen. I think he's supposed to announce on the 10th. So that's coming up really soon. I I think all of his crystal ball, well, I know they were. As of Monday, I I actually had a, a picture sent to me that all of the predictions were 100% to Tennessee. Tennessee's recruiting. I wonder who's paying attention to that. Wink, wink, NCAA. Um, Like six commitments one week. I think they had two five stars in one week commit, or maybe it was within like two weeks. Regardless, their recruiting is just, and they've always recruited well. Anybody who's kept up with SEC recruiting, they know that they've, they've done well, but the class they're putting together last year was solid. Really, really solid. And this year, it uh, looks like they're on pace to have an even better class. So, Caden Salter, it sounds like he's going to go to uh, Tennessee. You know, I, 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 as of about two weeks ago, everything I had been told was he's hog bound. He's, he's, uh, you know, there's that connection that he has with, with Kendall Bryles. Supposedly, there, there's a connection there since he was about 14, since he was in ninth grade. Uh, that that you know he knows the family and all that I, you know I can't obviously substantiate that but that's just what's kind of been rumored around town that that they kind of go back and uh, supposedly Salter really wanted to play here or had at least had Arkansas on his shortlist for a while but uh, now he favors Tennessee so but again his his announcement comes May tenth now. I believe the backup plan, and I, I hate to say that, but I, let's you know you got to call a spade a spade. Lucas Coley, his recruiting is actually starting to blow up. Okay, you've already got one quarterback committed in this class, uh, Rogers out of uh, out of Little Rock, big kid, big arm, dual threat, gets out of the pocket, has good pocket awareness, good pocket presence. Um, I still kind of think he's he's you know who knows how much growth he has over this offseason going into his senior season. Looks like he needs a little bit of work in the in the arm department. I've talked about that here. Does have a strong arm, but mechanics probably need some work. Footwork probably needs a little bit of work there too as well. But then your backup plan, your other quarterback option is Lucas Coley again, whose recruiting is blowing up. Uh, about six, I think he's right at about six two two oh five dual threat. Uh, he pushed his announcement date back. But that was so he could visit Washington State. I don't know how legitimate the news is that Clemson is interested in him, but I have seen that. I've seen that stated a couple of different places. Uh, I've reached out for more information on that, and I haven't gotten anything back. But that's just what I've seen around social media is that there is possible there is the possibility of interest from Clemson on Coley, but I think they're in on some other targets. So maybe they're kind of playing the waiting game a little bit themselves. Uh, but again, he he did push his announcement date back and I think it was supposed to be the fifth I think or the sixth and so he pushed it back and uh from what I understand that was so he can go on his Washington State visit 
Arkansas was the first Power Five to offer him, by the way. Now, he received his first offer, I want to say, I think he had at least an offer in 2019. No, 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 no. Yeah, he did. He had he had offers in 2019. But they were all the mid-majors and so on. Uh, Louisiana Raging Cajuns were his very first offer back in January 5th of 2019. But Arkansas was his first P5 or Power 5 offer on uh, April 15th. And then after that, Washington State offered a couple days later. Vanderbilt offered May 4th, and then May 6th, Virginia Tech has offered him. But he does also have offers from uh, South Florida, Nevada. Central Florida has an offer on on Coley, and, and we've seen how they've blown up last several years. But, um, yeah, Coley is, is – I don't want to say he's your backup plan. I think he's actually a – you know, I, I haven't watched a ton of video on him, but I, from what I understand, pretty athletic kid, solid dual threat quarterback, and uh, you know, hey, that's that's where every that's it seems like everyone now is dual threat. Eventually, that's just going to be considered your basic quarterback as a dual threat quarterback. The term may uh, may lose its uh, potency eventually. It's just going to be oh yeah, another quarterback who can run out of the pocket. But I have seen some film on him. He does look, obviously, uh, pretty athletic out of the pocket. Uh, pretty good arm. He's out of uh, Cornerstone Christian, by the way. 6'2", 205, three-star prospect. And uh, I think he is 100% crystal ball to Arkansas as of... I, I don't know how when that was last updated. According to 24-7 Sports, the composite, and again, that's the combination of, of all the sites, he's nationally ranked as the 671st overall player in the country, a top 20 dual-threat quarterback, a top 90 uh, player in the state of Texas. And, again, according to 24-7, he is warm on Arkansas, Houston, Virginia Tech, and Washington State. Oh, Arkansas does have another offer out on a wide receiver out of Texas. I keep hearing Katron Jackson – Keytron Jackson out of Roy City, Texas, four-star wide wide uh, wide receiver, six two, hundred right at about one hundred ninety pounds. Really likes Arkansas. Really likes what what we're gonna do here. Has a good relationship with Justin Stepp. He is being recruited by Chad Morris at Auburn, uh, but Arkansas, Auburn, Baylor, and TCU all have offers, including Alabama and so on and so forth. But those are according to twenty four seven. You know, have their interest is warm on these schools. From what I understand, you're not on commit watch yet. What did I say that this would be a, a really short? You know, we're at what twenty? I'm at twenty one recorded minutes. Of course, you're going to have your commercials and stuff. That's not bad. We're doing good. Doing all right here. John Paul Richardson. That was your other. Uh, that was your latest offer. Three star wideout out of uh, Ridge Point High School, Missouri City, Texas. Does have some pretty solid offers. Arizona, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Ole Miss. Okay, so he has actually has quite a few offers. His dad, uh, Bucky Richardson, was a former Texas A&M quarterback, legacy player there. But has he's pulling he's pulling together some interesting offers. Six foot, one hundred eighty pounds. Again, out of Missouri City, Texas, part of this twenty twenty one class. Three star across the board. We'll see uh, kind of what happens there. We'll keep an eye on him. So, yeah. All right. Sorry if you can hear my kids in the background and all this stuff going on. It gets a little wild in this house. But I do appreciate you guys downloading and listening to the Hog Talk and listening to all of us yammer on about what's going on, even though there's not a whole lot to talk about. I'm sure I missed something. Maybe we'll get it covered when the guys record on Sunday. If I did miss anything, I'm sure I did. 
But uh, again, thank you guys. Remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening to us. We'd greatly appreciate that. Give us some of that mighty star power. We would greatly, greatly appreciate that. All right. Until the next episode, Woo Pink Suey, go Hogs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.